0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another mini-episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Hammond. Who You Got is a show about creating brackets for things that don't normally have brackets. Now, you may be asking, what is a bracket exactly? Well, a bracket or tournament bracket is a tree diagram representing a series of games played in a knockout tournament. Each episode, we create a bracket for a specific topic and determine the best of that topic through a series of debate match-ups. In these special mini-episodes, special rules apply. First of all, it's just little ol' me here. While there is no guest, I will still be talking through these matchups in a thorough and even-handed manner. Unlike a full episode of Who You Got, we'll only be debating four items here. That means two semi-final matchups, and then a final face-off to take the crown. Lastly, there are no strict time limits on each round, but thankfully we have the man himself, Graham Zima, over here on the knobs to call me out just in case I start ramping. Geez, make enough rules for yourself, Dayton? Why, yes I have. So, let's get to this mini-episode's topic. Famous Hollywood Chrises. Pine, Hemsworth, Evans, and Pratt. No, it's not your local law firm. They are the world's favorite Christophers. These fellas have charmed and acted their way into our hearts on film and television, and it's time to pick a favorite. There can only be one, the true Chris. The first Chrises to clash are Pine and Hemsworth. Then Pratt and Evans take their places. The winner of these two matchups will contend for the title of Chris Mander in Chief. This is not simply an evaluation of their acting abilities. I'm not the academy. I'm just going to pick my favorite Chris based on my general impressions. This can be colored by their contributions to pop culture, but that's not all I will be discussing here. As I said, there can only be one the true Chris. So let's get the celebrity showdown going then, shall we? This is who we got. First of all off, we have our coniferous Chris, mister Pine, and our quality stitching Chris, Mr Hemsworth. Chris Pine is perhaps the most off-the-grid Chris on our bracket. Pine isn't the social media mogul that his contemporary Chrises are, and he has fewer fingers in fewer cinematic pies, or at least lesser-known pies. He samples television roles more often than the other Chrises nowadays, recently leading and producing the show I Am the Night for TNT, a show about the secrets surrounding the Black Dahlia murder. Spooky and trendy murder is very in right now. And Mr. Pine kills it in most of his roles. I quite like him as Captain Kirk in the J.J. Abrams Star Trek films. He plays a strong, charming, bull-headed protagonist quite well, and he took up the mantle of this incredibly iconic and singular role with wonderful boldness, handling the attitude and action that's necessitated by Kirk excellently. Coincidentally, Mr. Hemsworth played the George Kirk to Mr. Pine's James T. Kirk and gave an equally compelling performance in a much shorter time. So, while Pine tackled Captain Kirk just fine, satisfying expectations, Hemsworth has an iconic character of his own that he can straight up say he defined. And for now, and for presumably decades to come. And that's, of course, Thor. Who else could it be? Hemsworth brought such a unique sense of humanity and humor to this literal god character. I quote a certain line from him more than anything else from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This drink! I like it! Another! For the love of my favorite bars and their dedicated staff, I don't smash the glass like he does. Thankfully, Hemsworth isn't a one-trick pony. He gives a short but unforgettable performance in one of my favorite movies from the past decade, Bad Times at the El Royale. It's a shame that this film flew under some folks' radar because he plays, spoilers, a charismatic and frightening Charles Manson equivalent. You can't look away, and you can't believe the golden-haired good son Thor could pull off such a menacing, manipulative, magnificent performance. And the Australian fellow does a solid American accent. Not great, but solid. Unfortunately, I think my talk of Hemsworth kind of stops there. The rest of his filmography is fine, but unimpressive. He's charming enough in interviews, but nothing has set him apart as a public persona. I called Hemsworth more than a one-trick pony before, and that's true. But then that makes Pine a dozen-trick pony. One of my favorite performances from Pine is his work in Into the Woods. If you listen to our movie musicals episode, you know I love his performance of Agony, this wonderful comic number in the movie. He sings with such absurd bravado and such wonderful melodrama, and in a convincing English accent. And the performance is so physical, too. He's trudging through a river rapids, tearing his garments open like he's some biblical figure being struck down with divine justice. The way he tries to outperform the other prince is just hysterical. It's brilliant at every turn. And I want to see more like it. I've, frankly, seen enough from Hemsworth. I can see what he can do. Pine is really surprising. He can do more, and I'm assured he will. So Hemsworth isn't worth it. Chris Pine stands tall and moves to the finals. Now we're going to talk about our silly Chris, Mr. Pratt, and our patriotic Chris, Mr. Evans. Chris Pratt has taken the journey all the Chrises of the world dream of taking. You probably know a Chris, or maybe you are one, that is uh, grounded, goofy, and maybe a little bit rotund. And yet, this Chris let his sense of humor and every manliness lead him into leading roles, including, but not limited to, space Vigilante, Raptor Tamer, and Lego Man. Yep, every Chris's dream. I enjoy him best in one particular, smaller role. He plays a co-worker of the lead character in the sci-fi romance, Her. In a film so centered on a highly unorthodox relationship between a man and a computer, Pratt's character, Paul, isn't afraid to break the ice about the computer, the AI, Samantha, and her odd behavior. But he's never mean-spirited, he says what the audience is thinking about this very weird situation, in a playful and charming jabbing way. It's an elegant performance that could have been wooden or obnoxious, really stuck out like a sore thumb, especially on the sidelines like that. But to me, it's perfectly demonstrated his restraint as a performer. We saw him in slapstick, slapstick antics and jockey rolls before, but this is really demonstrating much more. I'm not certain Chris Evans has given me that moment quite yet throughout his acting career, but let's give credit where credit is due. He is Captain America, and he gives it his all when he is behind that shield and bearing that star-spangled chest piece. In Avengers Endgame, I was astounded by the spoilers, desperate energy he brought to the final battle scenes against Thanos. You truly felt like he was furious at the great injustices committed by the Mad Titan. And there are a few film moments so satisfying as him wielding Mjolnir, Thor's hammer, and leading the Avengers into one last epic battle using his classic line as the leader of the Avengers, Avengers, assemble. It's so satisfying, and I can't imagine anyone else in the role staying true even in the face of overwhelming anguish and hatred. Evans isn't too rugged or war torn, he's really the golden boy, the straight arrow, the boy scout, and a lot of what he's in, and that's usually for the better. So I like to see him deviate from it a bit. One of my favorite movies in the world is Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Here he gets to play a goofy skater turned movie star, Lucas Lee, complete with a chin-strap beard, high angle eyebrows, and a neck that apparently needs to be cracked to the rhythm of the Universal Studios theme. Watch it again, it's hilarious. And the performance is simply priceless. With exorbitant bro energy and the ego of 1,000 Russell Crows, Evan gets to show off something else that he normally doesn't in his typical roles. Something more biting that's hiding under that good little soldier exterior. But Pratt shows that variation all the time. He's a little bit of everything. As uh, Emmett Burkowski in the Lego movies, he shows off that little bit of everything. He's sprightly and giddy, determined and heroic, and always, as always, uh, a little bit dimwitted. It's a really stellar voice performance for a celebrity casting. It's performances like that, and more from Pratt, that have me leaning towards him. Evans is, if anything, consistent, but I see more interesting work hiding in Pratt. It's not always good, but it's interesting. And who doesn't want to see your hometown, Chris, like Pratt, produce amazing, astounding art? I, I'll, I'll prattle on no longer. This is was not quite an Evan match. Mr. Pratt moves on to the finals. So we have Pine versus Pratt for the title of Chris Mander-in-Chief. Who is Hollywood's top tofer? It's time to decide. Okay, so there's a glaring omission in the discussion of Mr. Pratt's work so far. Andy Dwyer in Parks and Recreation. Unpopular opinion, I think Parks and Recreation is a stronger show than the other stand- standard mockumentary show, The Office. I'll uh, give you a moment till y'all at your computer or phone. <coughs> Alright, are you good? Okay, so what I really like about Parks and Recreation over its contemporaries is its general good-naturedness. Many fans, including myself, sometimes forget that the first real disruption of that sweetness, though, was Pratt as Andy Dwyer. The guy's a real turd when he's first introduced. It's kind of hard to watch. Like The Office. I'll give you another second. Of course, the crude outer shell is soon shed in favor of the Andy Dwyer we all know and love, naively but profoundly good and kind. He's a wonderful example of hard work in a sitcom, something that is surprisingly difficult to find sometimes. We think about the the stereotype of the dumpy sitcom dad, and Chris Pratt in this character really subverts it in a really excellent way. I applaud Pratt for bringing us this character. But, frankly, there's something I have to get off my chest. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of the greatest animated films of all time, bar none. And our man, Chris Pine, had an important role in it as... Spoilers, one last time. The Peter Parker in Miles Morales' universe. And Chris Pine's performance is criminally underrated. He does a wonderful job celebrating and lampooning the history of Spider-Man in comics and cinema. There's this great sequence where they have the animated Spider-Man act out the really awkward dance scenes from Spider-Man 3, and you just hear Chris Pine mutter, Yeah, we don't talk about this. And he's right, we don't. (laughs) His voice brings a certain veteran quality that this Peter Parker needs, without losing that quippy spark or stepping on the other Peter Parker's toes, played by Jake Johnson. My favorite delivery in the film is the way he says, and, uh, so-so popsicle, while picturing a very real and very sloppy ice cream chuck treat, shaped like Spidey himself. His more dramatic deliveries during the reactor scenes are just as stellar, too. Rich with intensity and just an ounce of fear and when he tries to convince Miles he's going to be okay as he slowly dies, it's heartbreaking and beautiful. It's Spider-Man. Chris Pine is a great Spider-Man. We can't forget that. Can't overlook it. Please note, however, that I've been talking about his deliveries and his line reads within the film. Pine did something else that makes him a truly remarkable Chris. As part of his promotional work for Into the Spider-Verse, he sang a Spider-Man-themed version of Jingle Bells. Christmas Carol. It's called Spidey Bells, and it is the strangest thing in the entire universe, and I adore it to no end. If Pine's performance of Agony was ridiculous, this is completely unhinged, in the best way. He leans into the ludicrous lyrics with dynamic changes, bellowing vibrato, silly shouts, and a gradual breakdown of his own sanity. You hear him lose his breath with each verse, and eventually he gets off tempo and off script. Is Peter Parker laments the decision to sing the song and sell out and neglect his degree in chemical engineering. He sings through his insecurities and creaky falsettos and hush whispers. It's comedy. Gold. It's better than that. What's, what's the most valuable precious metal? It's comedy rhodium. It's those extra things that put Pine over the top for me. He's great in everything, but he always... Uh, Pratt is great in everything, but he stays on brand. Pine has stepped out of his own Chris comfort zone in such joyful ways. I wouldn't expect the other Chris's to do things like this. Pine has set a new standard for Chris's for me. And for that reason, he's my favorite Chris. So that's it. Chris Pine is your new Chris Mander-in-Chief. Do you agree? Do you contest? What Chris did I miss? Let me know. And that wraps up another mini-episode of Who You Got. I hope you've been enjoying these little tastes of Who You Got in between our regular releases. Goodness knows I've been having a blast writing them for you. Make sure you never miss an episode, mini or regular, when you follow who you got on Instagram and Facebook. You can suggest topics for the full episodes anytime, and for these mini episodes, we will, as you know, be considering entire brackets that you submit. If you have four things that you would like to determine the finest of, share those on our social media pages as well. As always, I look forward to seeing what you guys want to see me rant on about. Then, of course, wherever you are listening, review, like, and share. Five-star ratings are wonderful. Your thoughts and suggestions are wonderful. And most wonderful of all is more of your friends and family listening in to Who You Got. Thank you again for joining me on this mini-episode of Who You Got. My name is Dayton Haman, and we'll see you next time.